0: Welcome to the Goddess Given Truth. This is Jess Williams, your host. And today's episode, I have something so special for you. I'm welcoming Kat Brooks, a holistic grief coach, onto the show to really talk with you about the light that we can find when we are going through grief or bravement and in this episode today we talk about connecting to the body as our truth and our personal power we talk about how to show up authentically and powerfully as coaches even when we're dealing with our own stuff in the background we share how to validate people's emotions how to help people who are grieving feel validated and supported and how to really find the support that you need if you are grieving a relationship a past version of yourself or anything that you're really letting go of and to really give you an idea of the depth that we go into in this episode I'd love to share that Kat as a holistic grief coach has over a decade of experience with grief and bravement and she supports clients nationally and internationally to really unpack and honor the layers of emotions that may be on our hearts after a grief experience and It's really important to know that grief is a word that we use to explain a very complex set of emotions that we experience after loss. And we can tend to live in a society that doesn't often know how to create a space where grief can truly be honored. And the reason why I'm so grateful to have Kat on the show today is because Kat is on a mission to educate people on the power of honoring grief, vulnerability, and shadow to nurture and ignite our light. What I love about her is she really weaves a holistic perspective into the support that she offers her clients, stuff like conscious communication, deep listening, mind-body connection, visualization, meditation. I find it so powerful because what she does is she really supports her clients in finding clarity and deep connection to their truth, and she really allows them to find their light and using grief as a path to empowerment. I'm just so grateful that I have her on the show today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, Kat. Well, I'm so excited and happy to be welcoming you on The Goddess Given Truth because I've had such a beautiful honor of having you in my life lately. And in my family home, as I've been going through wild transitions and I've been really just feeling that just your energy is simply such powerful medicine. And I feel like a huge reason why I've wanted you on this show today is because I see who you are when you interact with people. And I see how Everything you do just comes from your heart center. And that is so important for me. And I truly believe that when you are in your truth as Kat, you have such a beautiful, powerful purpose for this world. And yeah, I would just love to welcome you to the goddess given truth, because I feel like so many people need your medicine and need your energy. So welcome Kat. (laughs) (laughs)
1: what a beautiful introduction thank you so much and I'm feel exactly the same way as you as you do and most of my energy of being aligned in my heart comes from being in your space and being able to connect with you too so the gratitude goes right back towards you
0: (laughs) Mm, thank you women empowering women
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. just by being 100 (laughs) percent
0: Yeah. Well, my first question for you is what helps you feel most connected to your truth?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really, really good question and something that I've explored and really worked through for the past couple of years too. And yeah, I, The thing that brought me first to it too, in my life was, um, years ago when I first came to yoga, it was the first experience I'd ever had where I felt like deeply connected to my essence, to like who I was. I could tap into layers of myself that I never had felt before by moving my body, by feeling vibrations of music and energy around me, where I just like literally felt in the flow of who I was, um. Mm -hmm. And then in that tapped into like connections of what I deeply desired in life, what I wanted to, to do and how I wanted to embody my energy and bring that out into my life. Um, so it's totally started with yoga and it's still though now to this day anchors into me moving my body in an expressive way. Um, Yeah, if I go days without like being connected to moving my body in some sort of authentic way, I don't feel in my heart. I feel like completely blocked off from connecting from my heart. It's harder for me to interact with my family, harder for me to like play with my daughter, harder for me to connect in my business. Um, So that's such an anchor. Um, But then also in addition, I found like as I switched- from being in a career in a like in a framework where I was in a facility where I had um, yeah the structure of a facility and now moving into an entrepreneurial work where I get to pick how I show up from my clients and I'm showing up truly authentically from my heart honestly every call I feel so connected to my heart afterwards where I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is like where my light shines out. So it's pretty powerful to be able to experience that too in something where you're just like, this is what my my heart is supposed to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing in my, in my being, right? Oh
0: my gosh. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Coming into the body, like in the last couple of days. I've like came out of my moon time. And every time I'm having my period, I just do nothing. Like I just try and chill as much as possible because I find when I work out, I'm exhausted. And unfortunately in our day and age, doing nothing oftentimes means going on our phone and like watching shows or reading books, or like, there's still like a level of wanting to be productive. So I always find myself using my head when I'm on my moon time, mm-hmm. like I always find myself in my head. And then every single time I do that, I get so lost. Like, it's just like lost in the stories and lost in the ideas and lost in the mirage of self comparison and, and mm-hmm. just lost because the mind isn't our truth. Like, The mind is infinite possibility, which is so so powerful and it gives us an opportunity to create infinitely based off of imagination and ideas, right? But the truth is in the body, the truth is in the heart. And I love how you're sharing, like, for me too, like when I don't do yoga for a week, I'm like, man, I feel disconnected and my energy feels so strange. Um, and then yeah. What I, what I love that you shared is that connecting with people is something that helps you drop into the body. And I think that's such a huge testament to your ability to truly feel people. And cause like, it's, it's easy to connect with people through the head. Like we could go through this whole podcast, like and talk ideas mm-hmm. and talk in our head. But when we can really drop in together and talk about the, things that are our truth is what really helps us sink into our body and and come into deep powerful alignment with who who we truly are and I love that and so powerful
1: it's yeah and it's interesting that you you brought up of me connecting with people because I went through this big awakening like last summer um because I was a huge introvert. Like I didn't love being around people. I found it sucked my energy out. I would take so much effort to restore to back to who I was. And last year, actually at our festival that we run Sonic Springs, I, I went 48 hours the whole weekend without sleep, interacting with people the whole time. And I wasn't tired at all. And then it made me reflect about my interactions in my work as a coach now too, and how I'm not tired afterwards too. And now when I interact with people and go to like your house or collective circles or dance temples or something, I'm not tired anymore. And it made me realize what you said, like I'm tapping into my truth. And when I'm in my truth and my, and my authenticity, not being who I think I should be or who I think people want me to be like, I don't get tired because I'm just me. I'm just showing up as I am. And that's not introvert or extrovert. It's just me and my being.
0: That is so potent to hear. <laughs> like, that is <laughs> that is pure medicine and has been a big part of a lesson for me in my coaching journey because there's always been this element of like okay I'm getting on a coaching call and I need to be in an empowered state and be ready and know what to do and know how to help and know how to support but meanwhile in the back end maybe I was going through like relationship challenges or as a mom right when you're sharing with me you you went through a whole festival as a mom without sleep i'm like wow you know that like <laughs> yep that takes an ability to not be afraid to show up tired or to show up in emotion or to show up the way you are. Because in the end, it's just about connecting with people where they are on their own individual journey. And there isn't actually work to do. Like you don't need to force anything. And the more we try and pretend we're someone else is exactly what you're saying the more we're exhausted and that's that's truthfully what I feel introversion was for me because I totally agree with you like there there used to be this energy where if I went out I would need like 3 days after of just not talking and fully resting and being in my own world but it was because I felt like I needed to be someone else and it wasn't only because I thought I had to be someone else, but I was also sometimes surrounding myself with people that expected me to be someone else. Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
0: But yeah, I think that is so, so powerful and so important to hear. I would love to hear like, how, how have you been helping people connect to their truth on their journey in terms of your clients lately? Because I know that you work in the world of grief and when we're grieving and we're losing our sense of self and we're losing our sense of reality and our relationships are changing and our people are changing, like what is something you notice comes up with your clients in terms of how to really help them stay grounded and connected to their truth when everything feels like it could be falling apart?
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting as you're saying that, like so many of my clients show up in this state of like such a loss in their identity. They feel like they don't know, know who they are anymore. They don't know their truth. They, they feel like they're in this deep fog and they're questioning everything in their life. And really when clients come to me, I, I, I literally just give them permission to, to feel, to honor what emotions are coming up what vibrations of emotion are moving through their body because many of them are being are being subtly dismissed in their in their grief in many different aspects from the society perspective of grief as a whole but then also from the interactions of people in their life through small tiny comments or looks or whatever and it can be an actual interpretation of that person diminishing it or even our conditioned thoughts of how we process that interaction So what I teach my clients most is that when we feel, when we are actually honoring the grief, the sadness, the pain, the hurt, the anger that's within us, we're actually drawing closer to our heart because those layers of emotion are building blocks of walls to our heart that we can't actually feel who we are anymore because our grief is in our heart, right? And our grief is our truth now. And if we have these walls of big amounts of emotion that we're not feeling, it makes sense that we can't find our identity. We can't find who we are because now our identity, whether we want it or not, includes this grief. And we're so taught to fear that, right? That we can't bring that up in conversations, that we can't express our grief because we're going to hurt someone or make them sad. But then that makes us feel like it's not okay to be ourself. It's not okay to be ourselves in our grief.
0: Totally. Cause it, it ties into what we're saying. Like grief becomes paralyzing when you feel like you can't be in grief. Like you can't be in sad and you can't be in the sense of death that you're truly moving through.
1: Yeah, what are and- What are
0: things that people are hearing from other people? Like, what are ways that we can completely dismiss people in terms of how they're feeling? I'm so curious.
1: Yeah, well, let's explain what grief is first to like to scope out what it is. So grief is like the most universal experience that any of us can experience in our life because it's the loss of something in our life that's causing an impact this can be the loss of a person. It can be the loss of a job, abil- ability, um, loss of finances, loss of self, and then there's also death of a person. So often, when we think about grief, we might just think about the death of a person, and we kind of get wrapped up, and some people don't realize they're grieving something in their life because they don't understand that all loss is encompassed in grief. Bereavement is actually. To define and talk about the death of a person we are bereaved after we have experienced the death of a person so it's huge like so many things that we do with people in any capacity diminishes their grief whether someone opens up to you authentically about something shitty going on in their life and and often we try and fix it or we give advice or we we say, don't worry about that. Like you'll get through this or you're strong. It's going to be okay. There's so many things that we say to people to, to not let them be in their pain, to not let them be in that truth of that grief by trying to fix it or shift it or make them better. But that actually diminishes their experience of grief because them opening up in their authenticity was just to be like, Hey, I'm feeling super crappy and sad and in pain right now. And I just want you to witness it. I don't want you to fix it. I don't want you to shift it or try and make me feel better. I'm just feeling this and I want you to see it.
0: This is so huge. And I think this is what mastery is as a coach, because as you're saying, people try and fix it and try and change it and don't actually create space for people to be in these emotions. I just think it's because we're scared. It's like, we're scared of the deep, dark emotions. We're scared of the heaviness or we're afraid to not know what to do. Like there's this human instinct that if you fully go into the depth of your emotion, like you're not going to come out and you're going to get stuck. And I think that it it just says so much about how they hold themselves and their emotions, mm-hmm. right? It, and like in my earlier days, like especially in my earlier personal development days, it's like if I'm feeling shitty, I just fix it or I solve it or I, or I give it some sort of a solution. But what has truthfully been the core of our healing is like we make space to hold our emotions and love them for who they are. Like if our if our toddlers come up to us and they're like, mommy, I'm sad. I'm so scared. No, no, no. It's like, we're not going to try and fix and solve everything. We're going to be like, Hey, I'm here for you. And I hear you. And it's like, yeah, that, that can be scary. And you are sad and, and that's okay. Like nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's broken. And yeah, I just love that. That's the space that you create for people because lately i've been going through a massive death in my partnership like my sense of self has been dying like crazy my sense of attachment has been dying like crazy and when we can allow ourselves to fully die like full and i'm i'm not talking about bravement death i'm talking about <laughs> grieving the past and grieving old stories that you could, used to keep us safe and grieving old patterns that used to keep us empowered in a different way, when we grieve that we're letting go of everything old and we're fully shedding everything. That's why I believe relationship coaching, grief coaching, um, anything that has to do with emotion and depth and connection is, is like, it's also business coaching and it's also life coaching and it's also money coaching because When you let go of a person, you let go of who you were with that person. And when you let go of a pattern, you let go of who you were with that pattern. And it's so important to actually fully release that because the more you let yourself die and and let go, the more you can actually allow yourself to be fully reborn into the Phoenix you're meant to be. But in these spaces where we don't have that container to actually fully release, and let go, we can't really surrender to the process. And I think it's so powerful that we as coaches get to create that space for people. We've all been there. You join a program, you gain so much momentum, and as soon as the program is over, you lose all of it. Or you're working with a one-on-one coach and have so much fast and epic progress, but when you let the coach go, you find yourself a little lost and demotivated again. That isn't because you're broken or because the course that you did didn't work or the coach that you worked with wasn't good enough. It's just proof that things like connection, mentorship, and support are something that is meant to be a constant in our lives. We are always going to be growing. We are always going to be unfolding into the next best version of ourselves. And humans are social beings. We need help. We need reflection. We need co-regulation from like-minded and trusted individuals. And that's why I created Ritual. Ritual is a monthly membership where you can receive the consistent connection and support that you need in the form of group coaching calls, community practices, and community connection. When you join the monthly membership, you not only gain access to these incredible monthly experiences, but you also gain access to over 50 pre-recorded teachings and practices in the form of audio, video, and worksheets, and this inventory is ever-growing. I don't believe that connection and consistent support has to cost anyone thousands of dollars a month. And that's why ritual is the most affordable offer I have because connection and community is your goddess given right. If you're ready to receive the level of love and support that you deserve, go check out the link in the show notes or reach out to me on Instagram at
1: Jess Embodied. Love you. Yeah it's interesting too like we don't talk about like the death of ourselves or like the loss of a past self very often right people don't see that as a grief and even if we are expanding into something bigger and better or something that we're desiring in our life it still comes with like the complexity of loss like even if you didn't love or love being this certain way in your essence or in who you were or these conditioned thoughts within you. It still is a loss. And it can be a loss in you. And like you said, in your partnerships, in your relationships too, because you shift and people feel that shift, or you feel that in yourself. Like everything has mm-hmm. like contractions and emotions as we're expanding as well. Too we're releasing as we're growing. And it's it's a cycle, a whole cycle of. Of processing of grieving of feeling
0: totally is there like a common cycle that you feel people go through like is there a perfect circular like from here from a to b cycle that people go through in terms of this process that we're talking about like a full rebirth process honestly
1: that is very complex because it's like I feel like people can go through cycles within moments of like when a grief experience is like right at impact or right happened. We're going through cycles of those emotions, like daily in each moment of every day, or we go through cycles weekly where we're releasing, processing, releasing, processing, and having all these different rebirths. And then it can happen with years. I always kind of like explain us going through something as like waves. So we're like, after the impact of a grief experience, the waves are super close together. And this can be every moment, every couple of minutes or something like that, where you get rushed with a wave and then you cycle through to feel and release. And then as weeks go by, the waves like maybe are still close together. And then longer periods of time go by and the waves slow but the impact is still the same. But we shift and grow and have different tools to have to process the impact, to have it hit us or move through us in a different way. And what I teach my clients is by actually honoring and feeling the emotions, you can actually create more clarity when you're in the depths of those emotions, when you feel them, you can navigate it better, it processes and lands and integrates in in you in a different way. And each time you go through those waves, those crashing waves, as they're close together or further apart, you gain more tools, more connection with yourself to process when you're in the depths of that more. So I feel like in the depths of grief, we go through cycles all the time there is an overarching big cycle that we move through, but often people can think, especially after a death of someone or a big grief in your relationship after a year, people think you should be over it and the cycle should be complete. But the thing is like grief never actually goes away. It's always present in us. And that's a big stigmatized thought because our society thinks that a death, a grief is going to go away at some point and it's not. And we stop showing up for people after a year. We stop being in their lives and asking about their emotion because it's not okay. It's not okay for you to be sad anymore because it's been this length of time. But the truth is, and and only grievers who have really processed this know is that it never goes away. And even five years, 10 years down the road, you can have a crashing wave of emotion of grief coming over you and you didn't expect it. But when we're acknowledging that it's still there, we can navigate it and be like, okay, grief, you're here. I see you. I feel you.
0: What are people who are experiencing grief? like? What do they really wish to have from their friendships and their relationships that are
1: still with them? For people to show up, for people to be, and again it's like goes back to that fixing or or trying to heal someone just let someone be we just we just want to give people space in their grief to to truly just express and be in their essence of whatever it is one day it may be joy but one day it might be deep sadness so instead of showing up with an expectation of how you want someone to be and how they should be or how they used to be how can you show up for them in who they are right now and how they're landing in that moment what emotions are in them what truth they need to tell you and giving them space to just express and talk and be there
0: totally I feel like so many people are afraid to talk to someone especially if someone's going through bravement it's like it's like they're afraid to bring up past emotions or they're afraid to bring up that heaviness. And I'm so curious if anyone knows someone going through, through bravement or grief or a loss of a partnership like I, I even remember having friends who have broken up with their partner, and it's like I don't, I, I know they're hurting on the inside, but I don't know how to talk to them. Or I, I even have family members now, like my grandmother who lost her son when he was like in his twenties, and I can still feel it in my heart when I'm around her. And I, it's like I don't, I'm not gonna bring that up, but I, I don't know how to support or how to love, so I just stay silent and I just stay in the surface level conversation and i'm so curious like how can we overcome that fear of true intimacy and and really help people feel seen and connected with
1: yeah i love that you brought this up i actually hosted a grief circle this weekend and one of the main things we brought up was this like that when a person is bereaved or grieving how how tricky it is to connect with people and often it is that that person who is there to support quotation marks or be there for the person they can't go there because it's a mirror to them it's a mirror to the shadows to the pain that's in them that they can't go there they feel too scared to go to that place right and And they think that they have to go within themselves to create that support, right? To find something. This is where we talk about empathy and compassion. Empathy is this idea of us going into ourselves to find a similar circumstance, to be in the same depths of sadness that someone else is. And that's not sustainable and that's not supportive because that that makes that situation about you. And not about that person. You're not bearing witness, you're going down and actually creating suffering in yourself for that circumstance when you didn't need to go there. Whereas if we show up with compassion and just be with some with someone in their emotion, then we're creating this connection for it to be about them, for them to express their authentic emotion and speak their truth. And one thing that I hear so often. Is that fear that you just said, like bringing up a name, talking about a death, like in such fear that you're going to break someone, that you're going to cause them to cry or be emotional? And the reality of grief is that person who may have had someone die in their life, they're thinking about that person all the time. And they're experiencing that grief in them all the time. And it feels like so therapeutic for them to know that someone else in their life is thinking about their person. Someone else is wondering about their person, having memories about their person, saying their name, because it makes them feel less alone. It makes them feel connected. that, yeah, it's not just me missing this person. And the legacy of my person is moving on with all of these people. So I always say like, share emotion or share memories that you have of a person or say their name Mm -hmm. often too when I'm with a group sometimes people may express a death but they won't say their person's name and I always ask because it gives permission for it to be open right and for us to know their person at its depths and for them to feel open to share their truth
0: wow I have so many questions for you, Kat. There's so much
1: beautiful wisdom.
0: <laughs> and yeah, as you're sharing, it's like people who are, it's its called embravement bra- or brave bravement. Bravement. when people are experiencing that. Okay. And then when people are experiencing grief, I find they get so used to people not addressing the elephant in the room that they just start hiding it forever. And even if someone were to address it, they'd still hold it down. So I'm so curious, like how can people start to really connect to these emotions? And I feel like the first step would be to work with you, to work with someone <laughs> who knows emotion really, really well, because they can be really heavy and intense. And I always call emotions like our superpowers, but it's like it's like that newborn superhero hero who Starts feeling their powers and they're so powerful. You just kind of don't know what to do with them. So I'm so curious for someone who's in a space where they haven't really even allowed themselves to feel it, especially with other people. Like, how can they start to take those first steps to really hold the pain and allow it to move through them?
1: Yeah, I love that you brought up like the the compassness of of emotion because. Many times when we are in that fear of of grief, of emotion, many people will say, I'm so afraid that if I open, if I feel it won't stop. And that's in such a fear base when, I know we've talked about this very often, where we're in such a cycle of being afraid to feel emotion. We've been taught to kind of put it away indoors and and not feel it because that's how we've been conditioned to be. And so it does feel overwhelming because we've never been taught safe spaces to keep emotion, to feel emotion, and to have it. So yeah, often I do a lot of teaching first. So teaching that it is okay to feel and what it does and how it does actually create space for you to know yourself more and have these layers. But a great place to start is if it is feeling too big, if it's feeling super, super scary, I actually tell my clients to schedule like a me time into their day or just a connection time, emotion time where it's either in their calendar or they're in the bath. They have nothing else, but it's just like, how can you schedule time to feel? And because it's like many of them will come on a call and be like, okay, I need to, I need to feel my emotions, but like for a whole day, for a week, for months, like what the heck is this? So then often when they schedule, it's like, okay, it's scheduled into your day. This is a time when it's like, okay, emotions can come up if they need to, or if they don't, then that's okay too. And we can start to create this safety net that it's once a day or twice a week where it's time where you can connect to yourself to allow emotions to come if they need to. Something that can be really helpful as well too is to journal while you're doing it as well too. So potentially just put pen to paper and write about the emotions you're feeling, connect to it. What is the emotion that's at like the deep core versus at the surface? So you can start to express it. And often when people are journaling, it's like just the the water starts coming, the page starts getting a little bit Mm -hmm. wet and then it gives permissions for emotions to come. And creating this safety net when it feels so big can feel really, really great to be able to just know that you can go in and out and that it's okay.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Like pendulum swinging between feeling and then coming back to a safe space and then like diving into your nervous system and letting it express itself and decompress and then coming back into a space of regulation and feeling like within yourself again. I think that's so, so important. I'm, I'm so curious how, because I feel like when this is what happened to me, it's like for years I repressed my emotion and I was extremely masculine is the word that I'm going to slap onto it in my life <laughs> but very very controlled and and yeah putting on this personality and being the person that I thought everyone wanted me to be and then eventually I started connecting to my body and doing yoga and tapping into spirituality and I started really embracing what I call the feminine path and I went through something that I also call the feminine cleanse. Like I, I started feeling my emotions, which led to more emotion and more feeling and more emotion. And then next thing I really knew is like a year later is I was so engulfed in my emotions and I was kind of spiraling in them. And I'm so curious, like what you can say to people who, who, might be diving so far into their emotions that they're they're kind of feeling like they're drowning like what are some things they can really start to do to come up above water and breathe again
1: yeah i always encourage like to be doing awareness work as you're doing this so doing some sort of deep connective self-work so that you can be drawing more into conscious awareness when you're experiencing mo- emotions versus in the subconscious takeover or the masculine also takeover because if you are drawing awareness doing practices every day or every other day to draw more attention to consciously moving as a human being when you're experiencing emotion you can witness it as it is versus. When we're in the subconscious, when we experience emotion, we have the subconscious takeover looking for every single moment in our life that we've ever felt this emotion to validate it, to make it feel bigger and overcompassing, and it can spiral and spiral and spiral, especially in grief. So when we're drawing emotion by practicing something that is in our days to draw more conscious awareness to us as a human being, Then when grief comes, when emotion comes, we can see it with clarity. Like I one of my soul clients, my really good friends, was telling me the other day, she's moving through a grief journey and she said she had this amazing vacation. She was feeling really good, really connected in her grief. And then she came home and she had this wave of grief come to her right after her trip. And like a year ago or two years ago it might've taken her over and put her in this space where she felt completely taken over by it. But she's been doing so much awareness work where she was like, ooh, okay, grief, I see you and you're here. And I'm noticing that I need to feel this, that there's a layer of you that I need to honor in this moment right now, and I'm gonna let it happen. We can often spiral when we're when we're pushing it away or when we're reacting or in fight or flight mode or in subconscious. And then it does take over and we feel completely overwhelmed. But if we witness it coming it coming, and truly just see it in our ability to observe it and feel it in its truth, it doesn't feel as big. It doesn't feel as Well, it's big, but it doesn't take you over like that big takeover of the subconscious and it will move through you in its time that it needs to. And then it will release.
0: Yeah, what I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the difference of feeling and holding the emotion versus like becoming the emotion, Mm -hmm. like letting it, like identifying with it and making it about who who you were or how you got hurt or what it means that you have to be in the future it's like yeah getting the the subconscious wrapped into it right as Mm -hmm. opposed to like staying conscious and and holding it as if it were just a part of you and allowing it to move through in that space
1: yeah and I like that you said that's that it's a part of you because there's so much duality in grief right? Like there's so much like sadness and pain and suffering, but there's also joy and light and happiness and connection and love. And the duality of grief is if we have had someone die in our life, those emotions are so terrible to feel and so difficult to feel and, and to accept them as being us and being ours. But if we aren't accepting those, we actually lose that love, that connection, that light of the truth of that connection with that person that we deeply loved. And when we feel, when we honor this, we actually are really paving space for it all to be us. Because if we're pushing away those hard feelings, are we also pushing away that light? Because it all is wrapped in together. That grief is all together in its entity.
0: Yeah. That's so beautiful and powerful. I'm wondering, Pat, for people who are listening to this and they've been in silence or alone or have been feeling like within their community, there's a giant elephant in the room that isn't being addressed and they're feeling very disconnected and isolated. How can they start to take the steps to reach out to someone like you? Yeah, like
1: they're there's act. it's actually becoming and I'm really proud more of a discussion coming up in the world more of something that many people are advocating for so there's countless accounts on social media where you can listen to people who are bereaved or grieving something and hear their truth and and feel that little inkling of connection even in most cities right now they have Things called death cafes, which are just meetups for anybody who has experienced a death or interested in talking about death, to come together and to connect. In most hospices or bereavement type spaces, there are bereavement groups as well too that people can sign up for. Um, But just like start googling because there actually is more space. The one thing that I am trying to create and empower is the idea of grief in its entity because there isn't a lot of places for you to go if you're having like grief about a relationship or if you're having a grief of a past self or if you're having a grief because your finances are are gone and you don't have the ability to do what you were expecting in your life or you have lost an ability you got hurt you have an illness like we want to create a capacity for any grief to be able to be seen and supported. Because really what we are wanting is connection. And for the idea of grief, the feeling of grief to be normalized versus suppressed, for us to be be able to know that there's more people out there who are experiencing this. And like I said at the beginning, this is the most natural experience that we all have. We're just not talking about it. And we're all suffering in silence with this massive grief, this small grief, whatever grief it is within us, and feeling so alone. And so, what I'm, I don't -hmm. want to
0: interrupt, but it's like word vomit. Like, what I'm hearing is that no matter who you are, you need support in grief. Like, this isn't something that's meant to be treated in silence. Like, you're meant to be held, you're meant to have co regulation and people around you to hold you. And I, I'll I'll totally let you finish what you're saying, but I'm I'm curious because I feel like bravement is very obvious. It's like yes, like someone passed away in my life and they're no longer here, and I'm having to move through the waves of emotion or uh, grief in terms of losing a partner. But how do we actually? know we're feeling grief like when it comes to losing our sense of self or losing a home or losing something like what are indicators that we're actually experiencing grief so we can know hey i'm experiencing this deep release within me and i need help i'm so curious if there's actual indicators for this
1: Well, it's to really take a reflection of your life and to think about if there has been big shifts, changes, or any type of loss. Like a loss can be moving. A loss can be leaving a job and understanding, again, the complexity or the duality of that situation, right? So you may be really, really excited about this new opportunity in your life, but you can take a moment to reflect and think about if there's any losses you're experiencing and then feel through your emotions. If like, what is this balance moving through you? Do you feel like there is any like harder emotions moving through you because of that shift, right? And as we're paying attention to our body, paying attention to emotions moving through us, we can more be in connection with that. And I really personally just think it's through us educating and teaching society that we it happens like nobody really talks about when you're moving that you might be grieving something or that when you switch jobs that you'll be grieving something or when you become a mother that you'll be grieving something or oh yeah right <laughs> and like there's so much duality in our life that it can literally be an every experience in our life. Right. And it's just educating that it could be there and that we don't have to push it away. We can feel it to release that loss, to honor that loss so that we can just move and be in our life.
0: Totally. Yeah. I'm thinking about my best friend who recently moved And previous to that, she had lost her cat. Like she's been going through like a whole life of releasing. And I feel like because of this podcast, I just understand that experience so much more. And I really, really appreciate it. And I'm wondering, like, what are some ways right now that people can work with you? Like, do you have any courses or any specific settings or any in-person events that people can reach out to, to be a part of?
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah. So I see clients one-to-one for a grief coach like holistic coaching. So that's a platform where I meet with someone one-to-one to be able to really dive into the grief that is present in their life and create safety. I I create safety for them to talk their truth, speak their truth, honor it. And then we begin to take steps for you to come closer to your heart and your identity to, to move about life with confidence with this grief that it that you can show up as your authentic self with grief. Um, I run an incredible four-month program in addition that is called Ignite the Light. And it is a group program where we come together with others who have been touched by grief in any way. And grief isn't the main thing we're talking about the whole time. We're going through key pillars of our life, but how can we navigate each and every aspect of our life if grief has touched it or not and and be in alignment be in our truth and how can we support each other in accountability in speaking our truth and that's literally all they they love that they're in a space that they can show up and just say the things that have hit them that week say the way that life has impacted them in their truth and be seen in your truth and this summer i'm excited we I I am popping up all over the place with different grief circles, with different um, bereavement options. I am hosting a retreat with one of my um, dear friends that is a perinatal loss and infant loss retreat for mothers who have experienced um, a loss to come together in a retreat to just... um, yeah, be together, and I could go on a whole podcast about it, about that topic as well too. But just allowing these women to come together and feel when often, like every other grief, we're kind of we are repressing that that, and they feel really disenfranchised in their emotion.
0: So powerful! It's so wild the intricacies as you're speaking about this whole other world in terms of grief. Like it's just so 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 deep. Amazing Kat. Well, thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for showing up as the authentic you. (laughs) And I'm going to include in the show notes, any links where people can connect with you and find you. And uh, just for people listening, Kat, you're based in the Ottawa region in Ontario and Canada. So if you did want to attend her retreat, you're gonna have to fly out here if you live somewhere else. (laughs) But if you're in the Ottawa region, Uh, We'll include links and everything to that below the podcast. And uh, yeah, Kat, thank you so much for coming today.
1: Mm, Thank you too. This is so beautiful and authentic. Mm.
0: Totally. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for integrating and listening to this episode. This is one of my favorite types of conversations because it really gives us an opportunity to understand what someone else is going through which allows us to know how to really show up for them and oftentimes what can really help someone step into their power is just a container where they're fully loved and fully accepted in safety for exactly where they are on their journey. Instead of trying to fix and trying to solve and trying to change someone for what they truly are now, oftentimes what allows them to fully step into their power is deep love, deep acceptance, and safety. And this September, I'm really, really excited because we are hosting an in person experience. When I say me, when I say we, I'm talking about me and a couple other very very powerful facilitators we're hosting an experience called live your legacy and it's all about releasing anything around your personal expression that has been blocking you from fully embodying the person that you are meant to be which i truly believe is just you you are meant to fully embody and embrace everything that you truly are so if you're looking for some more information on this experience you can head to www www.liveyourlegacy.live. And if you really enjoyed this conversation, if something really hit home in your soul or if you can even think of any friends or family that really need to hear this episode, please go ahead and share it. And if you feel called to, it would mean the world to me if you could rate and review this podcast because we are always looking to get better and uh Yeah, until next time, take care.